Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hello, America, and happy Wednesday. We've got a great show for you. We're going to break some news right in the middle of this show, starting with the creation of a brand new bank. That's right. You're going to hear about this from country singer John Rich. He's teamed up with Dr. Ben Carson, the former HUD secretary and former presidential candidate, and with Larry Elder, former gubernatorial candidate in California, longtime popular conservative radio host. They have created a brand new bank called Old Glory Bank. It takes a Oklahoma-based chartered bank, makes it a national bank so that your finances can be cancel culture free. You won't be canceled on your credit card. You won't be canceled on your checking account. You won't be canceled on your transaction fees if you're a small business. Old Glory Bank, they're unveiling that today. We have it first. John Rich, country star, will join us in the second block of the show to give us that. Now, we're going to start off the show with a postmortem about what happened in Georgia last night, the Georgia Senate race. The runoff is over. The Democrats won the runoff for a second straight election. Raphael Warnock beat Herschel Walker. We have the perfect first guest, Congressman Austin Scott from the great state of Georgia to describe what he thinks went wrong where Republicans get back on track. And then we're going to talk about a lot of other important things. The election for House Speaker. Will Kevin McCarthy pull it off? What is the House Freedom Caucus up to in creating the resistance movement? We're going to cover all that. Plus, one of the things that Austin Scott has been on this show several times before warning about getting more and more clear, big pressures on the food market globally, guaranteed food shortages next year across the globe, and in America, increasing the difficult prices for food. And we're going to talk to Congressman Austin Scott about that, how big a scenario it is, and what can Congress do, or Republican Congress do, to start to drive prices down, probably starting with the cost of energy, because diesel drives the cost, and fossil fuels drive the cost of fertilizer, diesel tractors, diesels for shipping. We're going to get into that with Congressman Austin Scott. And then we're going to wrap up with a really fun conversation, one that 
I've been waiting to have. He's been teasing this for several days. Former National Security Advisor, former UN Ambassador John Bolton will be on the show to talk about why he's considering running for president in 2024, what his beef is with former President Donald Trump, and also some of the big failures, some of the big consequences, some of the the big pressures that the Biden administration has created on the world stage. Russia, Iran, Israel, so many in Latin America, China, so many places where America is having difficulty being the world policeman, being the undisputed leader of the world. John Bolton has a clear vision of what he would do and what he has done in foreign policy and national security policy. And we're going to get the lowdown from him on that. So three great guests back to back. Austin Scott, John Rich, John Bolton, back to back to back. All-star lineup today. Very excited. We're going to break some news. We're going to make some news. Now, before we go to commercial break, I always like to remind you of the many different ways that we have to bring benefit to you because we have strategic partnerships, because we have advertisers and sponsors that not only support the mission of Just the News and John Solomon Reports, but also support you, the customer base. One of them, one of our newest partners, Heat Holders. They uh, make some of the greatest thermal socks around, but they're not just about socks anymore. They have hats and scarves and gloves that are just as comfortable as their world-famous socks. And this holiday season, they're making a special offer for you. So as you're getting those stocking stuffers and those great opportunities for folks, check out heatholders.com. They have the best socks. They're unbelievably comfortable, soft on the inside. They're not those woolly, scratchy ones your mom made you wear years ago. These are super soft socks that keep you incredibly warm. I wear them when I go up to my cabin to do work. I When I cut the wood out in the cold air, when I'm stacking wood, when I'm uh, doing the lawn, when I'm on the UTV with my son driving around, my heat holders, they just keep me that much more warm and comfortable. They will for you as well. And they've got so many other things, gloves, throws for the couch, scarves, so much more, the absolute best products. And here's what you do. You go to heatholders.com. Type in the code JUSTNEWS, one word, JUSTNEWS. You're going to save 15% off your offer, plus receive free shipping on any purchase over $25. That is a great deal to make your holiday warm and satisfying for any one of your loved ones. Heat holders really are my favorite winter socks. I wear them all the time. Check them out and take advantage of that 15% off your order right now. Heatholders.com. Use the special promo code Just News. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Congressman Austin Scott to top off the show, followed by John Rich with a big announcement about Old Glory Bank, and then finishing up with John Bolton and his ambitions to run for president in 2024, right after these commercial messages. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens 
can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks. Welcome back from the commercial break. A big night in Georgia last night. A big night if you're a Democrat. A disappointing night if you're a Republican with Raphael Warnock defeating Herschel Walker in the overtime Georgia runoff race last night. We have the perfect guest to handicap that and all other things going on in Washington. Joining us right now from the great state of Georgia, Congressman Austin Scott. Congressman, great to have you on the show, sir. Hey, John. Great to have you. It's a it's a great day to be able to talk about the the things. I wish we were coming to you victorious after last night, but you know, happy to talk about what what I believe happened in that race and uh, how we fell short there. You have such a good feel for the state of Georgia. And also the state of the Republican Party. What's your diagnosis? How does Herschel Walker lose this race? Well, two, two things happened, and um, three really that I see. One is, you know, the Republican Party refused to identify for the state of Georgia and the voters in Georgia who Raphael Warnock was from a legislative standpoint. So if you look at the way the Republican Governors Association uh, actually identified Stacy as the uh, liberal that she is, uh, we did not see that from the senatorial committee. They, they did not call him out for the, the language that he had written that uh, excluded you know, white farm families from provisions of the, the COVID relief package or the Inflation Reduction Act, as they said it, I think it was in. It was in one of them, and it was actually his language that he wrote where, you know, whatever you owe the USDA, uh, they were going to give you 120% of it, and, and it was literally for every race unless you were white. And the refusal of the of the Senate Republicans to to identify those types of things as the language that Raphael Warnock had literally written and put into legislation. Uh, when it came to Stacey Abrams, the the governors were willing to identify that she was that type of liberal activist and. And Senate Republicans would not uh, run the ads on Raphael Warnock. And we didn't even need to make anything up. We just need to tell the truth about, about what he was doing and how liberal he was. 
Who makes that decision? Who becomes risk averse like that and doesn't want to tell that part of the story? I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's the campaign people or the senators themselves, but it, it's a problem for us back home. And and it hurt us in this election. Uh, you know, we if we had if we had handled the Abrams election the same way, uh, Kemp would not have won by the margin he did. And so, you know, Abrams was identified for uh, her being a, a liberal. And, and Raphael Warnock got to run away with uh, pretending that he was a moderate because the, you know, the D.C. establishment Republicans wouldn't call him out for what he was doing up here. You, t- you take that and then you couple it with, you know, the hundreds of millions of dollars that were spent uh, in an attack ads against Herschel Walker. And all of a sudden, you know, they've made the 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 race about, you know, things Herschel um, acknowledged in his book where he had had some some challenges that 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 candidly a lot of famous people have with uh, what was maybe an identity crisis back many years ago. Uh, Herschel was honest about it, honest about how he overcame it. And, um, you know, they 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 attacked him on it. And instead of making the race about what it should have been about policy, it it became about um you know, what, what, what Herschel had written in his book. And then when you couple that, and this is the thing that baffles me, you've got a Republican Lieutenant governor named Jeff Duncan, who, who candidly should get the man of the year award from Planned Parenthood. Uh, he comes out and, and says, well, I waited an hour, uh, but I just couldn't bring myself to vote for Herschel who's pro-life versus Raphael Warnock, who supports late-term abortion. And so instead of casting a vote for Herschel before he ran to CNN to promote his book, he ran straight to CNN to promote his book. And if you watch the CNN uh, count last night, you literally had a Republican lieutenant governor, Jeff Duncan, up there continuing to tarnish our candidate. Pretty remarkable, isn't it? Yeah, you look you look at people like Jeff Duncan tarnishing our candidate, um, then you look at the the amount of money that was spent, you, you know, in, in ads that were false about Herschel Walker, and you look at the Republicans' refusal to call Warnock out for uh, the legislation that he's writing, and they won. But look 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 how slim the margin is, John. I, I mean, they thought they Raphael Warnock was gloating yesterday morning, say, "Oh, we feel like we've got this thing, but we can't." rest yet you know i mean they thought they were going to win 55 45 yeah and and you know i mean it, it just it was much closer yeah i mean the republican the national republican party the senatorial committee they, they didn't do their job for herschel it's like they gave up on him yeah it's pretty remarkable there's a lesson to learn i think even if you take this up one now from the georgia senate runoff Will Republicans have the courage to run against Joe Biden the way they need to in 2024 or to run against Democrats in general in 2024? Are those lessons learned or is there still some concern that maybe the Republicans don't understand what resonates nationally with the voting audience? Oh, I think that um, I think the majority of Republicans. Under, understand that we have to have a candidate that just comes out and tells the truth. Um, now, what what we, you know, then the question becomes, okay, you're talking about, you know, Trump, DeSantis, Pompeo, 
uh, th- those are three solid conservatives that just call it like it is, uh, you know, versus, you know, some of these other governors that, that are that are moderates. I do not think the Republican Party will select a moderate. I think that, you know, where the party is right now, the majority of Republicans appreciate Donald Trump's policies, uh, but prefer somebody that doesn't have, um, if you will, the sharp tone that he has. And so that leaves you with a couple of selections. Uh, DeSantis, Pompeo are the two that come to mind. Pompeo is probably the best um, that I know with regard to uh, international policy and the things that are going on in the world right now with Ukraine, Russia, China, um, and and DeSantis is, is just very much respected on the social side of things for the way he stood up to Disney and and others that were trying to press a left-wing totalitarian agenda, you know, on the people during COVID. So we got good, we have good options. Yeah, that's true. It's a deep bench. It's an interesting bench when you look all around too. It's a very talented group of people on the front stage. The first order of business is to settle the leadership positions of who's in what position going in to 2024. Let's start in the House. Freedom Caucus is tugging hard. They've been tugging really since April of this year. What's your assessment of what the House Freedom Caucus is doing standing in the way of Kevin McCarthy? Well, I, I think I think really a lot of those guys are good friends of mine. I'm supportive of Kevin. Uh, I, I think it's Maybe everybody should take a step back and take a deep breath, and maybe we should start talking about policy goals and how we accomplish those policy goals, you know, over the next 24 months. And maybe if we have a, a common vision on policy goals, then it's not about, you know, the name in the chair. It's about, you know, who, who gets us to those goals. So it, it seems that, you know, kind of both, you know, those of us who are supporting McCarthy feel like we're being held hostage and, and others on the other side feel like they're being held hostage. And I think that there's just got to be some, I think there's got to be some respectful conversation and maybe that conversation needs to be occurring between the members uh, as much as it is with the leadership. But, you know, Andy Biggs ran in, in, in conference, he lost in conference. Um, I, I hope that um, McCarthy ends up as the Speaker of the House, and I hope McCarthy as the Speaker of the House is able to help us, you know, accomplish our policy goals. And I'll, I'll give you an example, John. I mean, to me, you know, we, we need to be talking about what is language in a piece of legislation that has the border security that the majority of Americans want to stop the fentanyl from coming into this country, um, understanding that in order for that, border security solution to, to be signed into law, that there probably has to be a DACA solution paired with it. And so, uh, you know, I, I would, I wish we could start having the discussions about what that policy actually looks like and the language actually looks like in it. And the four or five policy related things like that as an example, that we felt like we could get done over the course of the next 24 months that Candidly, John, I think 85% of Americans would accept the border security with the DACA solution. And I think there are other things that Americans recognize, too, and that, you know, we do need domestic energy production. And we could pair domestic energy production with, you know, what's actually good environmental policy driven by science instead of the type of environmental policy that 
the Dems typically adopt, which is based on who's giving them the most money for their campaigns. So those those are two of the, you know, policy solutions that um, I would hope we could start to talk about and, and how we push forward and get those adopted. And then, you know, if we're talking policy and accomplishments, then maybe it doesn't become about, um, you know, some of the some of the personalities, if if you will. Uh, it, it, it's a bad spot to be in, but but we're in it, and you know we we, we got to get through it. And sometimes the fire ends up forging a tougher steel. Usually, you come out of it, and if you come out with the right solution, you're even tougher for the battle. There's an interesting moment today. A lot of people, I think, were excited about maybe Lee Zeldin making a challenge at Ronald McDaniel, RNC chair. He drops out for the time being, he says. But that leaves him in another carry. I suppose he sits out there as if McCarthy can't close a deal. I know you hope he does. I know a lot of people hope he does. The, is Lee Zeldin the sort of outsider that maybe could come in and unify the two sides? I, look, I like Lee. I wish he would um, run for the RNC spot. I'm not aware of him uh, being interested in the speakership. I think most people look at it recognizing there's a four-seat Republican majority and that is a it it's just a tough tough spot to lead from john when you don't have um any more of a margin than four seats so i'm not aware of lee being interested in it i did hear his name floated out there he's well respected in the conference but i don't i don't expect him to run and you know, I expect I expect Kevin will be sworn in as the Speaker of the House. Yeah, and it really comes down to my sense of it, and I wonder if you have the same sense, is that there is just some some of this Freedom Caucus stuff is pure negotiation, right? They're trying to get some changes to the process rules that they think are important to getting things done. But it seems to me that Kevin McCarthy can make a deal, right? He knows how to close a deal in a situation like this. Well, there, there's process changes that they want, and and you know, some of them made a lot of sense. And, and there's, you know, the thing that hasn't been discussed that I do think, I think we should be discussing is, is policy as much as process. That's a great point. That's sort of been lost in the last two, three weeks. It's all been about process and not about really the big opportunities to set the compass. It it, it has. And, and the problem we've got now, John, and, uh, I just left a, a conversation with a friend of mine that, that is uh, in the Freedom Caucus and is not committed to support Kevin and it's respectful, respectful pointed conversation. Um, and, you know, the one thing that's clear to me is that we, we, we've got to stop being so judgmental of, of other people's motives. Because if you walk into the conversation where you've already jumped to the conclusion that the that the other person is is wrong, you're not you're not going to get to a solution. Yeah, that's such a great point. Ronald Reagan used to have this great saying. I, I interviewed George H. W. Bush once at the end of his life, and I asked him what was the best piece of advice Ronald Reagan gave it, and he said it came right after they had made up after the 1980 bitter primary, and he said. He, he looked over at me and said, George, I got a favor. And, and George H.W. Bush said, Ronnie, anything for you. And he said, the next time you pull a pin on a hand grenade for, in our foxhole, for God's sake, throw it on the other guys. And I think that that is a reminder that sometimes Republicans have a tendency to detonate their hand grenades in their own foxhole, which doesn't leave anything but casualties around. It's, it's a challenging moment. Do you think a deal becomes clear before the holidays and doesn't drag past January unresolved? 
Oh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I think we'll have a vote on January the 3rd. I know we'll have a vote on January the 3rd. I mean, I, I think Kevin will will succeed in the vote. Um, I, I, I would tell you that I'm, I'm at the point where, where it might be better for some people to just take a break um, from each other. And, and this is just me. I'm not a part of negotiations with with them, but but I, I think we've gotten to the point in some cases where we're we're jumping to conclusions before we ever sit down and start having a conversation, and and that that's just not a good spot if you want to resolve the issue. Yeah, that's a good point. Sometimes uh, distance helps for a couple of days. Everyone gets refocused and recentered before they get back to talking. Let me start with the second leadership position that seems to be in doubt. Ron McDaniel lost last night underperformed in the 22, underperformed in 20, underperformed in 2018. Is it time for her to step aside? Well, I think she, you know, she's done a good job as, as a whole since she's been there. And I like her. But if, if we have, um, you know, they're going to have to beat her. They're going to have to give us a vision that, that we believe, you know, pushes us forward with large majorities. And large majorities not because we are, you know, caving to uh, the whims of the left and social media, but because, but because the majority of Americans agree, uh, you know, with, with our positions. And so uh, we have to raise money. That's a big part of it. Um, I, I think our donors are fairly frustrated with us right now. Um, and, it, you know, they're frustrated because of the lack of the margins that we have in our, in our victories. And so we have a four seat margin. We had, hoped for, you know, a 15 to 20 seat margin and we don't, we don't control the Senate. We had hoped to control the Senate. Um, and then our grassroots is very frustrated with us because we're not getting policy done. And so it, you know, it, 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 it may be time for, for a different leader, but it can't just be for the sake of having a different leader. I mean, I'm, I'm going to listen to anybody who makes their presentation, in, including Rona, and see what their vision is for how we, we push forward, uh, both from, you know, a policy standpoint and winning elections. And by the way, as Republicans, we agree that, you know, good policy is good politics. Yeah, that's true. In fact, the Republicans are always strongest when they they lead with their policies and their ideas. I mean, history has shown that going back to Reagan and the 94 revolution. It, there's a, And I guess that goes back to the first conversation, which is maybe the caucus should focus a little bit more on what policies they want to achieve so they don't get too far off track. You always have been a voice warning about what's been going on in the agriculture industry. And I think a lot of people are catching up to where you were six or seven months ago, but there was a sort of a stunning revelation. It didn't get a lot of attention, but it really caught my attention. NASA put out a report based on its satellite monitoring that Russia reaped, is the word they use, $1 billion of wheat from the occupied regions of Ukraine. There is a lot of geopolitical food war going on behind the military war in this region. Tell us a little bit of why that's concerning. Well, I mean, if you think about what you have to have to simply make it through today and then tomorrow, and I'm talking about physically, I'm not talking about wants, I'm talking about needs, I'm talking about what we have to have, food is certainly uh, at the top of that list. And so when you have uh, different areas of the world that are, that are starving, um, it's, a, it's a human tragedy. 
uh, that human tragedy leads to political unrest and political unrest leads to um, whether it be a coup in, in areas or a, or a militant shut down by the government in other areas, uh, it leads to significant challenges um, for, for the world. And so if you, if you, if you think about what's happening in America, it, it's hurting us in our pocketbooks. It's hurting our economy because of how much money we're spending to feed our families instead of um, on, on other things that we want to do. Uh, I, I, by the way, uh, am very concerned that we're not uh, going to get control over that inflation because of bad energy policy. And if I can expand on that for just a second, John, you, you know, um, a lot of fertilizer companies that manufacture in Europe are telling me that they're not manufacturing right now because of the cost of energy in Europe. And at the same time, because of the rules of building anything inside the United States, it's going to take five years to build, for example, nitrogen plants to come on online inside the United States. So, I mean, that puts us in a very bad position, right? Because if we're used to having um, yields of, let's call it, you know, a thousand pounds per acre and we don't have the fertilizer. So it cuts us back to, you know, 700 pounds per acre. That's a 30% reduction in, in yields or food supply. And, and so it's not just that Ukraine is not able to grow their crops and get their crops on the market. It is also that I think we're going to see significant reductions in yields globally because of the lack of inputs that we have. Um, we're still going to have food in America. We're going to pay more for that food in America because the food is going to migrate to the area where it, where it brings the highest price. Uh, but, you know, there are going to be other parts of the world that are going to be um, literally starving, John. And, and this is a, uh, this is probably the, the global challenge of the next uh, 24 months. It is, isn't it? Yeah. And it's not on a lot of people's front radar. It has been for you. I mean, you have talked about seeing this coming down the pike, being on the horizon. It's getting closer. There's a big moment in Congress that I know you've been in a leadership role on, and that is examining the next House Farm Bill and what happens there. How important is that? And you, you had a really interesting statement yesterday that really caught my attention in order to support our farmers, we need to ensure that funds authorized for production agriculture stay in production agriculture. A lot of worry that there's some diversion of important aid, right? That's right. That's right. And so our farmers need crop insurance that uh, you know helps them mitigate their risk. And and I'm I just want to make sure that what we authorize for production agriculture, which benefits every American out there. Uh, actually stays in production agriculture. And what what I worry about is the Biden administration and Bill Sack and Democrats using those funds authorized for agriculture and shifting them to um, energy-related, in, in, energy and environmental-related, you know, pet projects that they have. And so we, we need to make sure that that doesn't happen. Uh, there's very little respect from this administration for the rule of law. If they can find a way around the intent, they will. And so we're just going to have to make sure that, that, that the language is absolute in the legislation that, you know, the, these, these funds cannot be used for um, 
you know, energy and environmental policies that did not exist prior to 2020 would be an example of the way you, you might write the language. Uh, but we'll, we'll get there, John. We'll figure it out with our lawyers and how we um, how we put the guardrails up so that the Biden administration is not able to take the money out of production agriculture. The the one thing they they continue to do, John, is when they say, well, you know, look, you know, this farmer got, you know, this much money. Well, mo- most of the time they're they're showing disaster payments and and other things in those payments. The majority of the subsidies that that people think of as subsidies have gone away over the course of time, direct payments, if you will. And and so, you know, they play games and they're dangerous games, John. It is because they, they do a good job of demagoguing and then the public doesn't really understand the dynamic of what what's at stake in the in these battles. You played a big role in the 2018 Farm Bill. There was a lot of improvements to SNAP. I know you put a lot of effort into getting SNAP right, the food stamp program. There's some concern about the nutritional value of some of the things SNAP has been buying, candy bars over good food, things like that. Is SNAP one of those issues that will get looked at closely? It, it is, and I can, I'm can. i not sure where the committee will land on this, but I certainly think, you know, John, if we want to talk about nutrition, it makes a whole lot more sense for somebody to be able to walk in and buy a rotisserie chicken, some green beans, and some mashed potatoes than, than candy bars, um, you know, and, and high-sugar drinks. Uh, I, I think there's pretty broad agreement that, you know, that we should um, – make some of those hot foods available. And so I, I, I think we'll get some agreement there. Uh, the big debate will come over able-bodied working age adults and, and time limits on uh, them being able to receive SNAP benefits. I, I'm personally supportive of time limits on able-bodied working age adults. And, you know, because the Dems have the Senate, the White House, you know, maybe, maybe you take those savings and you give them and you, and you put them into you know, food banks or school nutrition programs, but we we don't need to be supporting people who can work and simply choose not to. We got plenty of money to take care of anybody who can't work, but but we'll never have enough money to t- to take care of people who who can work and simply simply choose not to. So let's take those funds and let's put it somewhere else where it actually provides nutrition to people who. Who actually made it? These are important, and and this in the heading into the economy that we're heading into the next couple of years, those decisions become so much more important. I want to finish where we started the conversation on food. You mentioned the the crises that Europe sees itself, and energy policy is really at the center of food policy. And a lot of Americans don't understand that, but you just did a good job describing fertilizer. What can Republicans do to get an adjustment on energy policy in the deals that they'll make with the White House? Um, we just need to be matter of fact about it and hold our ground on it and go back to domestic energy production. That's, I mean, you know, the the we'll we'll see if the you know if the Dems pass an omnibus bill between now and the end of the year, um, you, you know that'll that'll take away some of the leverage that we would have to get good energy policy. But I, I think what you will see is the, is the U.S. pass good, is the House pass good energy policy. And then, you know, let's see if we can get the Senate to, to pick up on that policy and pass it and put it on the, 
you know, White House desk. Now, I don't put it behind, you know, beyond Joe Biden to veto it, but, you know, let's make him veto it. Let's do our job. Let's pass good energy policy. Americans want a clean environment. I mean, and we can do that and we can have cheap gasoline as well. So, so that's the way the policy should be written. Most important battle. Uh, we get in on January 3rd, January 4th, Republicans are in control. What's the most important thing that the House should take on first? There, there are several things that, uh, that we'll take. It won't just be one thing. Uh, I do think that we need to uh, make sure that we are adamant in our resolve that any use of a nuclear weapon by Russia would lead to an equivalent NATO response that did not lead to an escalation and that all of the NATO countries would totally isolate Russia economically if they used a nuclear weapon. So I, I think that we have to be um, very much aware of the situation with regard to Russia and Ukraine and, and the fact that there are some Russian generals that um, would probably like to use a tactical nuke. So from a, from a national security standpoint, that's one of the things that we need to be focused on I very much think we need to, uh, if I could start with one other thing on the investigations, it would be border security and what's actually happened at the border and the number of people that have come in. Um, I personally believe that that is more important than, um, you know, the cover up of the Hunter Biden laptop. And, and when we do get to the issue of the Biden family, and uh, I think that, to be honest with you, John, I think the cover up from the press and in in social media is more important than what's actually on the laptop that's it it, it is and they're actually having to come out now and acknowledge it uh because people are going we have subpoena powers now and people are going to be subpoenaed and uh but it's the cover-up that bothers me more than what's actually on the laptop now when we get into emails and other things if we see that you know if there is evidence there that illegal activity has occurred and and that has enriched somebody who's in political office then obviously there need to be consequences for that uh and and we'll you know we'll, we'll take appropriate action if there are uh, but you can investigate both of those things in the same uh committee in the same investigation both the cover-up and, and what's actually on the laptop and the more that's on the laptop actually the the more the cover-up matters um, so that can go on while at the same time, and that'll go on, you know, under, under my friend, Congressman Comer, who will do a great job with that. And then, um, you know, I think you'll see other committees, you know, working with the border and, and, and national security related issues. Yeah. Those are such important ones. I know the American public. Last question. One of the last untold or one of the more amazing uh, facts from the last fiscal year is that the United States collected 4.9 trillion, nearly $5 trillion in tax revenues. And still we run huge deficits. Do you think there's an appetite in Congress, certainly among the American people that we should be able to live within a $5 trillion revenue budget? Holy cow, man. I mean, John, all, all the talk about how broke the country was going to go if the, if we adopted the tax law that spurred economic activity that it did. We have $5 trillion coming off of the economic challenges of COVID, John. If we had not had COVID, imagine what the revenue would be. I, I mean, but 
but we don't have the money to fund drag shows in Ecuador. We simply don't. And one of the things that we got to do as Republicans is to point out to the American taxpayer where the Biden administration has sent their tax dollars. And we just need to get, I feel sure that we can pull a hundred examples that are totally ridiculous, like the money they spend in Ecuador, um, and just share with the American public the waste and the abuse that's going on because of this administration. And, and while at the same time, people are having a hard time, you know, with their groceries and their power bills. It, it, it's, it's ridiculous, but we did, we had record revenue. I'm sure the president wants to take credit for it, but he fought everything we did to get to record revenue. It was those tax cuts that stimulated the economy. Yeah. Yeah. Higher tax rates don't lead to higher tax revenue. Yeah, it's exactly right. It's the other way around. And the history has shown that on more than one occasion. There's no doubt about it. It's a mathematical equation. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's what that we've now created, the opposite, right? Sir, it's always an honor to have you on the show. Really appreciate the, the analysis on Georgia. Really, really important. And uh, look forward to, to getting you back on the show after the new year. Hey, man, appreciate you, John. Have a Merry Christmas, sir. Thank you. Take care. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, John Rich, the country music star, here to tell about his new cancel-free bank, Old Glory Bank. It's launching today. You're going to get the skinny right from him right after this commercial break. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. 
Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash Just News. That's AMAC.us forward slash Just News. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. Our next guest, well, he's one of country music's biggest stars, but more importantly, he is a disruptor beginning to help create a new parallel economy for Americans who are tired of being censored and canceled and shamed just because of their political beliefs. He is John Rich, and he is joining us right now to make a big, big announcement. John, great to have you back on the show. Hey, John, good to be back with you. Yeah, this is a, this is a very important subject I think we're talking about. Um, today it's about Old Glory Bank. How about that? Yeah, isn't that a great name, Old Glory? You know, our our flag. Uh, back back to the original way they talked about it. Their their flag's Old Glory. So I was approached by by some really smart patriotic people that come from the banking industry, and they said, "Listen, um, we're seeing people's bank accounts in various countries frozen." Uh, Justin Trudeau did it to the truckers. Uh, the Bank of Brazil did it to their protesters, and people are getting their credit cards turned off uh, if they go to the wrong protest, if they make the wrong social media post, if they if they express themselves in a way that the government doesn't like. The government is then leaning on financial institutions to punish these people, and we think there should be a new alternative for Americans where they can put their money in a place where they can't be canceled just for expressing their beliefs. I said, yeah, what a concept. I mean, of course, it, it's a sad state that we have to think that way, but that's where we're at. If you don't think uh, that could happen in America, you're not paying attention. And I know everybody that's listening and watching this show are paying attention and they're very aware of it, even down to uh, platforms like PayPal that say, hey, if we don't like uh, your position on something, we're going to fine you $2,500. So this is where we've gone to. I mean, they're, they've weaponized our bank accounts, basically, at this point. So Old Glory Bank, uh, Larry Elder is a part of it. Dr. Ben Carson is a part of it. I'm a part of it. And there's a whole group of, of like I said, real patriotic Americans who just believe in freedom of speech. And they wanted to create a new platform for regular old Americans uh, to be able to do their business. I said, yes, I would love to step onto that. And now we're launching at oglorybank.com. You can go there and read about it. And if you like it, you can reserve an account. Uh, it's going to go live uh, in the very near future. Amazing. And and it really is the missing component in the parallel economy that conservatives have been building over the last few years. Now there are really trusted video sites like Rumble, really trusted social sites like Truth and Getter. But the financial part has been a big part of the missing fabric or missing part of the fabric. And this seems to be a really significant moment. How much did your experience launching a series of songs outside of the traditional music industry through Truth, through Rumble, going to number one, influence the decision, say, you know what, I want to do this in finance as well. You know, I think it's the same concept. I mean, in my world, it's entertainment. And the entertainment industry uh, puts a chokehold on conservative voices, as we all know. That's old news. But I'm one of those conservative voices that was being choked. And I figured out through those platforms you just mentioned, Truth, Rumble, figured out ways around the traditional liberal music industry to put out a song. It was called Progress. And you're right, it went number one for 12 days in a row worldwide on iTunes. And so it can be done. But at the end of the day, if your bank account is not safe, if your savings account is not safe, if your small business account is not safe, and the government can lean on your bank to shut your money off, 
then it's that's not a good scenario for the future. Listen, we just saw in real time how the federal government colluded with Twitter to kill our freedom of speech on Twitter. And so they'll do the same thing with the banking platforms in this country. So building, a, I, I said, here's what I said to the guys. I said, yeah, this is a good thing to happen, guys, because everybody's ready to run for the hills right now, but there's no hill to run to. We've got to build new hills for people to run to and find safety. That's what Old Glory Bank is. Yeah, it's so amazing. And I was digging into some of the features, and these are some pretty cool things, particularly for the hardworking men and women of America. One of the things that the bank is promising is access to your direct deposit paycheck up to two days early. That's a pretty important thing. I know people sometimes get stuck in payday loan sort of situations, which can be really negative. This is a really cool feature that really thinks about the working class in America, doesn't it? Yeah. And you know, that's where I come from. You know, I, you know, this story, but I'm, I'm a high school graduate. I grew up in a double wide trailer in Texas, month to month paycheck kind of a family. And that's how a lot of families are in this country. About millions of them are that way. So yeah, when their paycheck uh, is wired into that account, a lot of banks will, will put a thumb on that and not let you access it for several days. Old Glory Bank is like, no, nah, we're not going to do that. It's your money. Access it. And simple things like that uh, really set this, this platform apart. And again, it's, it's sad that we have to do something like this. But, John, we have to do things like this. If we sit around and just twiddle our thumbs while a tyrannical federal government runs amok and is colluding with private companies, if we don't do anything and build a new hill, we're going to find ourselves in a really compromised position. Yeah, no, it's so important. Now, this bank is going to be based in Oklahoma, be a virtual bank for everyone in America, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So actually, Governor Mary Fallon, who was a great governor of Oklahoma for a while, she's also a part of this. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a physical bank, but it's also most people, including myself, will do it kind of how we do our banking now virtually. Uh, again, why would you want to leave your money with people who hate you? I mean, it's a pretty simple, pretty simple statement. It's a head scratcher. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dinesh D'Souza was overseas a couple of years ago traveling and he had a new documentary out and his bank decided they didn't like his new documentary. So they just canceled all of his credit cards and stranded him overseas. Unbelievable. Think about that. It's we cannot allow that uh, to happen. We have to have an alternative. Oh, Glory Bank is, I think, that great alternative for Americans. Yeah. And then I think PayPal will be looking over their shoulder as well. There is a micropayment solution as part of this bank. So if you run a business, right, people can, instead of being reliant on PayPal, they can turn to Old Glory Bank and have a solution now, right? Yeah, that's that's what's going to happen if we get if we get really big turnout for Old Glory Bank. It's going to allow uh, us to set up other avenues to compete with the PayPals and compete with the other platforms that are really just tyrannical uh, in the way that they go at it. So we got our fingers crossed. OhGloryBank.com. You can go read all about it if you like it. If you like what you're reading, you can sign up and uh, reserve an account for when the bank goes live. And I think this is quite a statement, actually, to Joe Biden, uh, to to the liberal banking system, to everybody out there that thinks they can just beat us up into perpetuity. This is a way of saying, no, I don't think you can because I'm stepping out of your system. That's an exciting 
exciting thing for the future. Oh, absolutely. So many folks. And uh, the great thing is you can already go to oldglorybank.com right now, folks. You can reserve your account. I'm doing it today. I'm going in. I'm getting my, I'm going to be one of the first ones in there. I'm going to get my account for me and my business because I, I want to support this. But if you want to go there, go to oldglorybank.com, folks, and go sign up now. Get behind what John and Larry and Ben and so many others are doing here. This is an incredibly exciting moment in the parallel economy creation. Now, You've had an incredible year, right? You go to number one with progress. You're opening up a bank uh, to solve a major problem in America. And meanwhile, you've got this incredible booming business called Redneck Riviera that's killing it. Tell us what's going on in Nashville. Well, thanks for bringing it up. Yeah, Redneck Riviera, that's my brand. It's nationwide right now uh, with Redneck Riviera Whiskey. Christmas is upon us, so we've actually boxed this thing up. It's in this fancy box, I tell people. Uh, all you got to do is slap a bow on it, stick it under the tree. It's it's under 30 bucks, so it's easy on your wallet. Uh, 10% goes to the Folds of Honor, which we've now raised over $1.5 million for them through Redneck Riviera Whiskey. Yeah, redneckriviera.com has a store locator. Put in your zip code, you'll find a store near you. We're in 13,000 stores now, John, all across America. That is amazing. What a remarkable thing. So what do you do to top these three things? I mean, yeah, number one songs, uh, new banks, top of the line whiskey. What else could possibly be in the future for you? Oh, man, you just never know. I mean, I'm an American. I, I, I love my freedom. I know where it comes from. I know how it's been secured through blood and sacrifice throughout all the decades preceding my life. And I, I intend on exhausting my potential. When I see a way to try to help fellow Americans, I'm going to do that. And I think we should all do that. But we've said this before, courage is contagious. Whatever it is that you do in your life, whatever your station is, it is an important place for you to be. You need to be vocal. You need to be looking for ways uh, to push back against what's trying to take over our country. And let's save this together. I believe we can. I think when we talked about progress, you said something profound that silence is complicity. If you if you're silent in this moment in American history, you're complicit with the bad forces that are out there. It seems as though you've emboldened a lot of people. I've seen uh, music stars that have come on our show since you uh, went public with progress saying I'm doing the same thing. I'm jumping in. This is getting to be contagious, isn't it? Well, we got to remember the shoulders we stand upon, John. The founding fathers, had they been silent uh, back in the day, we wouldn't even have a country. I remind people that when they signed the Declaration of Independence, it was really their death warrant with the British Empire. I mean, liberty or death was not a catchphrase. That's the attitude it took to found the country. It really was a choice. Yeah, so here we are in 2022 going into 23. It is incumbent upon us to now step forward and be the, be the shoulders that the next generation stand on. It is that critical right now. So I encourage everybody to stand up and don't back down. Yeah, such good advice. We're heading into the holidays. I always love to ask this question. What's your favorite thing to do at Christmas time? I know you. everyone has a special thing that it reminds them of Christmas, but what's your favorite thing to do with you and your family? Sit down. <laughs> Take a rest, right? <laughs> I, work, I work hard like most everybody else. My favorite thing is just to know my kids are out of school. I got two sons, 11 and 12, uh, is to just sit down, uh, go hang out with my dad. He, he's, a, he's a preacher, still preaching out there, and be with the family. That, that's what it's all about to me. And, uh, you know, it, it makes all the hard work you did worthwhile when you get to sit down and have a little bit of a break there. Uh, eat some good food. We go out on the back porch and shoot skeet after we eat lunch. Like, 
like a lot of country folks do. It, it ain't it ain't complete till you smell a little gunpowder blowing through the <laughs> That's a great tradition. I love that. That's a lot of fun. It's funny. I was um, coming back on a plane uh, about a, a week or so ago, and a, uh, a minister came up to me. I guess he must have recognized me, and he said, "I, I want you to share this message." Christmas isn't about material gifts. The greatest gift you can give is a gift of experience. Create an experience with your family. And that uh, moment that he, I interact with him has stuck in my head ever since uh, I got off the plane. But what a profound thing to say. Christmas is really about creating an incredible family experience. And it sounds like you've got one planned already for this year. Absolutely. Love my family. And I know everybody's looking forward to taking a break. 23 is going to be absolute fists up uh, fighting our way through this mess. Uh, and getting us back on track. And again, I do want to say, listen, I'm a country singer and people go, well, of course, John Rich can do something. He's a country music singer and all these other things. It doesn't matter if nobody knows who you are other than your, uh, your circle of friends, wherever you live, you have authority and you have, uh, you have influence and you need to stand up. It was regular Americans that founded the country and it's regular Americans that will save it. Yeah, there is no doubt about it. Last question, because you, you had a really fun tweet a couple of weeks ago that really caught my attention. You should ask me a few questions you wrote. We view the pa- vast percentage of the R's as controlled opposition and nothing more than leveraged assets of foreign anti-American power brokers, clearly directed at the idea that maybe there needs to be change at different levels of the Republican Party as well. Do you think 2023 is that year of transition and change? I certainly hope so. I mean, listen, we've got Republicans. I don't even call them rhinos anymore. That's that's too nice of a name. I call them Judas Republicans because Judas was one of the 12 disciples. He was one of Jesus's own men that turned him in to be crucified. And when I see what some of these Republicans are doing and we all shake our heads and go, why are they doing this? I I don't understand why a Republican would do that. Well, there's a reason and you probably won't like it. (laughs) when you find out what it is, it's that they're leveraged, they're bought and paid for, or they're just controlled opposition. And they're really, they're really wanting to see the other side succeed. And they have sold us out to a large degree, many of them. I think if you identify yourself just based on a political party, that's probably not real smart. Identify yourself as a patriot, as a hardworking American, as a freedom lover, and then vote for people that, that support those values. Uh, that long gone are the days of just saying, if you're a Republican, you got my vote. I don't think so. Uh, you see what the RNC has done. There are things that they've done behind the scenes that were absolutely duplicitous all the way down the line that I'm aware of. Uh, I canceled a party on the RNC because of that. They wanted to come into Nashville and have a big party. I said, yeah, let's do it. And then I found out some behind the scenes stuff they were doing uh, with their legal team and said, I, could, I was so furious about it that I called them up and said, party's canceled, guys. You're not welcome in my house. And that's the attitude you have to take. This is not about making friends. This is about saving our country. Yeah, there's a much larger mission at hand. Well, people, when when they hear you, whether you're singing, when you're talking, John, the sense of urgency, that palpable sense of urgency, it comes through. And I think we need more people like you on the front lines, just speaking up and getting people motivated and leading by example, which is what you've done with this incredible new new venture, Old Glory Bank. Folks, go check it out oldglorybank.com. I want to reserve my account today. You should go do it as well. John, we're going to get you on for a quick update right after the holidays because I think a lot of exciting things will be happening in the next month. 
I can't wait to do it. Merry Christmas to you and everybody listening. God bless y'all. All right, folks, that was a fun conversation. But guess what? We're going to dive into the 2024 presidential race with one of the likely candidates, John Bolton, former National Security Advisor to President Trump, former U.N. Ambassador under George W. Bush, former advisor to Ronald Reagan. He's going to be joining the show right after this to tell us why he's thinking of putting his hat in the 2024 ring and also all the things that concern him about the Biden administration's foreign policies, China, Israel, and Russia, Ukraine, clearly at the top of the list, but many other issues to cover. Don't want to miss it. Right after this commercial break. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. Our next guest, one of the brightest minds in all of the foreign policy and security world, one of the most respected players in that space for a very long time, former UN ambassador, former national security advisor, John Bolton. Mr. Ambassador, good to have you back on the show. Glad to be back with you. Lot to talk about, but I want to start with some personal news on your front. There are some strong indications in the comments you made that you're thinking of running in 2024. Tell us, one, is that true? And two, what are the factors that will go into you ultimately deciding to run? Right. Well, I, I was uh, stunned really by uh, uh, former President Trump's comments about terminating the Constitution over the past weekend. But but I was, uh, but I was also uh, surprised and worried at the absence of uh, real repudiation of, of the view that the Constitution can be terminated by Republican leaders, and especially uh, the, the people who have been mentioned uh, as potential candidates for our 2024 presidential nomination. And uh, so I tweeted a little bit about it. And then uh, the more I thought about it, the more I worried, both from a a principled point of view that you can't have a party leader who doesn't accept the Constitution, but also from the point of view of practical politics, that uh, th- this uh, this comment by by Trump is like a time bomb uh, that every Republican candidate will be carrying around uh, in, in this election cycle unless we repudiate it. So uh, my point is, if others aren't, go- aren't going to do it, I- I'm prepared to do it. And I should say back in 2016, 2015, 2016, I, I took a pretty serious look then at getting into the race uh, in, in that cycle. And I, you know, I went to Iowa, New Hampshire, and I did the candidate forums and took actually took my wife and daughter to uh, New Hampshire to see how they like campaigning, because that's a pretty serious decision for the family. Ultimately, I decided not to do it. But but I did look at it carefully. I think I've got a good idea of just what a heavy lift it is to be a candidate. And it's not a decision people take lightly. But 
so uh, neither am I doing this on the spur of the moment. I've got that background. I understand it. I was up on the Hill yesterday. I'm going to Texas today for the rest of the week. I'll be going to California on Sunday to spend some time there next week and, you know, talking to people and, and uh, get, getting their thoughts and advice and whatnot. And, uh, you know, also waiting for more Republican leaders to speak out. Yeah. And you've had an impeccable record in the security space in foreign policy. As you consider this, what would your domestic policy look like? Do you, do you like the America first approach of domestic policy? Where, where do you come down and what sort of domestic policy are you beginning to develop out? Well, I'm, I'm a strong believer in, uh, in fiscal responsibility. And, and we're facing a real challenge because we need to spend significantly more on defense and intelligence matters given the threats we face from China and Russia, North Korea and Iran. But we've also got to dramatically reduce the uh, wasteful domestic spending uh, that the Biden administration has specialized in. It's one thing to take into account the shock of the, of the COVID pandemic. We're way past that, but we're spending far too much money domestically. So we need to get the overall budget way down. I think that will help stimulate growth in the economy. I'd look forward to tax cuts as soon as we could do it. But we've got to begin to cut back on the whole entitlement mentality. And it's uh, there's a big job out there. But, uh, you know, I think Republicans are ready for it. I think we've seen what's happened in the past two years, and it's going to take a while to clean that up. But but that that is what is necessary to help get the economy back on track. Yeah, it's sort of amazing, too. We're at a, po- a moment in American history where we have five trillion dollars of tax revenue, and yet we're still running deficits. I just, my mind gets boggled by that. There's a way to get this budget balanced and back into order, isn't there? Well, you know, economic growth is the best way to do it. But when government is out there sucking up the available capital to finance the deficit, it's very hard to do that. I mean, we're in much better shape looking ahead in terms of possible recession next year than Europe is. So this is a real opportunity for the United States. We've got energy security uh, here at home. We could have a lot more if the Biden administration would allow us to pump oil and gas that we have. Uh, but that's why Europeans are actually turning now to the U.S. It's why we need to do more to encourage uh, reshoring of a lot of the supply chain that uh, I think improvidently has been put in China and elsewhere around the world, all of which will strengthen our domestic economy very substantially. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's such an opportunity there. Your take last night on the Georgia runoff, another disappointing run for Republicans. What's your diagnosis of what went wrong there? Well, you know, it's uh, if you look at the final results, it was within three percentage points. Uh, Herschel Walker actually came very close. And so what it says to me when you compare it to the result on November the 8th, where Governor Brian Kemp very successfully uh, won re-election, defeating Stacey Abrams, who was essentially uh, a Democratic presidential candidate in waiting. Uh, it shows Republicans can still win in Georgia. And I think it was the Trump overshadow. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of personal background. But, you know, I'm not sure that uh, if if uh, uh, David Perdue or Kelly Loeffler, the, the Republican senators who were defeated in 2020, if they had won, run, uh, I think they could have beaten Warnock. I think he was beatable. And I think uh, as we look back on this year's midterms, the reason we don't have a much bigger majority in the House of Representatives and the reason now we've lost, I thought, was a real possibility of taking control of the Senate. Uh, what was the Trump influence? Uh, so, you know, there there are a lot of reasons to be concerned about Trump's role in the party. Uh, I just for these purposes stress the practical political role. 
uh, we need to govern. We need to get control of the House and the Senate, and, and obviously in 2024 in the White House. And the rule that we ought to follow to make sure we can get people elected in November is what William F. Buckley used to follow. The rule he had was in a primary, you support the most conservative candidate who can win in November. So there are two prongs to that test, and that's what we got to think of, not who can win the primary. That's great, but they have to win in November for us to be able to govern. Yeah, that candidate selection becomes so important. I think that's one of the big lessons in the 2022 midterms when we look back. The state of the party, do you see Ronald McDaniel back in charge for another two years, or would you like to see a change at the top of the party? Well, uh, just uh, announced this morning, apparently, Lee uh, Zeldin has decided not, not to run against her. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's been traditional Republican national chairman only spend four years in office. Uh, she's been in office six. We haven't done very well. We didn't do well in 2018. We didn't do well in 2020. Uh, we didn't do we didn't do well this year, in fact. Uh, uh, and and, uh, you know, I, I don't uh, I'm, I, I'd like to see some more candidates out there as disappointed. We decided not to run. Uh, competition's a good thing, including for chairman of the party. We've still got uh, over a month before before the RNC meets to decide that. So uh, let's let's see what happens. Yeah, it'd be very interesting to watch that play out. You have for a long time pegged China as an existential threat to Western society. A lot of people, I think, are rallying around your point of view. You are way ahead of them. Do you think our foreign policy has caught up in any way with the China threat, or how much more do we have to keep pushing ahead to beat them and stay in charge as the number one superpower in the world? Well, I think I think we we've learned an awful lot, uh, and uh, I think we're catching up. I, I do give Trump credit for uh, putting tariffs on China. It's like it's like hitting them between the eyes with a two by four to get their attention, that we know what they've been up to in the trade world, stealing our intellectual property, engaging in forced technology transfers, rigging the World Trade Organization system that's supposed to be pro-free trade. They've, they've pursued mercantilist uh, economic policies to their advantage and our disadvantage. Uh, but the thing about the Chinese threat this century is that it really is government-wide, really society-wide, uh, economic, political, military. They're obviously making uh, aggressive uh, sounds about going after Taiwan. They've, they've tried to take control of the uh, South China Sea, uh, th through which nearly half the world's uh, uh, ocean shipping goes in any given year. They're engaged in a massive military buildup, including uh, nuclear capabilities, uh, new ballistic missile programs, uh, ballistic missile submarine programs. Uh, and we are still waking up. I don't think the Biden administration has a strategy uh, on this. Uh, I'm not saying developing that strategy would be easy because it really is a comprehensive threat that we're facing. But uh, in, in the absence of the strategy, uh, uh, you know, plan beats no plan. China's moving ahead and we're still catching up. Were you surprised by the robustness of the protests by the Chinese people and the, the, maybe the muted response from the Chinese government? Is there there's something going on internally in China, isn't there? I think that's uh, absolutely right. I think uh, almost everybody was surprised by the demonstrations. It, it may be that the uh, Chinese government has modified its uh, very harsh lockdown uh, COVID uh, uh, procedures, uh, whether permanently or not, remains to be seen. I think they were trying to placate demonstrators. But, you know, it wasn't just protesting the COVID restrictions that we saw. It was 
college students and others holding up blank pieces of paper to represent what the government wouldn't allow them to say. So I think the discontent goes much deeper. I think Xi Jinping has consolidated his control over the government and the Communist Party, but uh, but real dissent still exists there. And, uh, you know, it's a it's a warning, I think, to the U.S. government not not to fall into the easy habit of just negotiating with authoritarian adversaries of the U.S., like the Biden administration has done with Iran, uh, and ignore the wishes of the people. Ronald Reagan had the balance right during the Cold War to encourage the dissidents uh, inside the Soviet Union, even as he dealt with them on uh, other issues. We, we need to get back to that kind of Reaganite approach to China. Yeah, absolutely. You had, I think, one of the most profound tweets in the last month on the foreign policy. You wrote, how Washington responds to Jerusalem's new government could materially affect Biden's own foreign policy legacy. There's an extraordinary opportunity with Netanyahu coming back to power and either to self-correct the Biden policies or for Biden to, I guess, fall further behind in world leadership. What do you think happens there? Well, I'm very worried we're going to see conflict between the new Netanyahu government and the Biden administration because the Biden people don't get it. You know, they've alienated many of our our strongest uh, supporters in the Arab world. They're they're still pursuing this uh, feckless, dangerous nuclear deal with uh, with Iran and and uh, bypassing what the opposition uh, is doing in Iran right now to threaten the regime, uh, and they're still obsessed with the two-state solution for the for the Palestinian problem. So uh, this could be a great opportunity with the new Netanyahu government to strengthen America's security in the Middle East and more broadly. But I'm I'm very worried the Biden administration is going to miss the chance. Yeah, and it is a narrow chance to make a difference here right now. As you move into the sphere of considering to run for president. We're getting a much more comprehensive view of the effort to silence speech. I mean, what Elon Musk has revealed at Twitter, we see the FBI involved, all of the different forces seeming to repress what was the very first human right that our founding fathers gave us in the Bill of Rights. How concerned are you and what sort of dynamic needs to occur to push that tendency towards censorship away? Well, the first thing I think I would do would be to repeal Section 230 of the Communications Act, which gives these uh, big social media platforms effective uh, immunity uh, uh, for for their actions. I, I think if they if they want to put stuff on their website, they have to be held responsible for it, and uh, they can't have it both ways, which is what tw- Twitter was trying to do before, saying, "Oh, we encourage free speech, but suppressing speech that it didn't like." And I think Section 230 has helped some of these companies get a near monopoly position and. One way to, to enhance competition is to avoid government measures that foster the monopoly. So that that's the first step I'd take. I'd look and see what the impact was and then consider what else it might be. Yeah, that definitely would have a profound impact. It would change the dynamic almost instantly. Mr. Ambassador, always an honor. We're going to be watching closely as you make the decision to jump in. Do you have a timetable for when you'll decide? Well, I don't uh, at, at this point. I was up on the Hill yesterday. I'm, I'm going to Texas uh, just a couple of hours. Uh, for the rest of the week, I'll be in California next week talking to people. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens.
Well, there's a lot of John Bolton fans out there. I know rooting for you to get in, so it's going to be pretty interesting to watch. We'll be covering everything at Just the News. Thanks so much for joining us today, sir. Well, thanks again for being with you. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. A big thank you to Congressman Austin Scott, to Ambassador John Bolton, and, of course, to John Rich, our good friend in the country music world. Three great interviews, three big news scoops all in a row. I hope you enjoyed it. And of course, if you want to take advantage of that special offer, heat holders, the greatest, warmest, most comfortable winter socks you'll ever have, or gloves or hats or throws or scarves, go to heatholders.com. Use the code JUSTNEWS. You're going to get 15% off and free shipping on any over order over $25. That's a bargain you don't want to miss. Go check it out right after we finish up the show today. And until then, we'll be back tomorrow with another big show. But until then, may God bless you. May God bless the extraordinary country of the United States, as he always has. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.